Welcome to the Great Lakes Golf Podcast, episode 24. Alongside Hunter Pulaski, I am Peter Garber, and we are presented by Reed Furniture in downtown Petoskey. Whatever your furniture need, it's Reed indeed. Well, it's another season in the books, and we have so much to talk about. Patrick Cantley wins the Tour Championship, kind of, and the $15 million in the FedEx Cup. Corn Ferry Tour Finals wrapped up, and we have 25 more guys headed to the Tour next year. Plus, Solheim Cup action. They wouldn't put it on NBC, but we watched just about all of it. We can't wait to talk to you about that as well. And oh yeah, Steve Stricker just made his captain's picks. So let's dig into that too, right here on the Great Lakes Golf Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, get notified every time we release a new episode. You can also rate and review us there, so please do that as well. Thanks for listening. Let's go. It is going. How are, how are you doing? Um, you know, I'm hanging in there. There's this myth. I swear I've heard this myth before. It's truly a myth. I know it is now that like after Labor Day, you're spot you're kind of supposed to come back to it's almost it's almost like summer's it's kind of like the end of summer, school's starting back up. You kind of get your pull your bootstraps up, get back to work. That feeling is like I haven't gotten that feeling yet. I kind of miss I kind of want summer. I feel like I kind of had it yesterday. That light is so bright. I'm going to turn it down. It's blinding. And then my world got turned upside down. Yeah. So what? Uh, I, know, I just feel like I need it to sleep for 24 hours, which of course you don't do when you have children. You no. do the opposite. Uh, so what? What happened with your flight? It canceled. Oh, I hung around the airport. Dude, worst, one of the worst, unbelievably bad. Do you really want to hear the whole story? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> Flight was supposed to leave at five. Mm-hmm. Literally perfect timing for us. Mm-hmm. Cool thing about flying Traverse City to Chicago, it's a 38-minute flight. You land 10 minutes later on the clock than what is your scheduled departure time because you're gaining an hour going from Eastern to Central time. Dorothy got a great nap in. Everything was going super mm-hmm. until about the time we were going to leave. It got delayed to six, which was fine. Then it got delayed to seven while we were on the way to the airport. Then when we got to the airport, it got delayed to 740, 750, 810. Then 8.30, at which point we finally said, this being about 7.15, we're not going to get home now after the, when we ride on the train and everything. Like, this is we're going to be. And we, we felt like that's no guarantee. You know, they, they just keep delaying it. I think mean, they could go on until infinity, cancel the flight. We had no car seat, no vehicle. We would have been spending the night with a two-year-old in the airport. So I had my dad come back and pick us up. He's about 20 minutes from the airport and they say, they come on the loudspeaker. This is like 10 after eight, maybe mm-hmm. eight ish and say something to the effect of actually we're leaving now. Mind you, at this point, I'd already rebooked Yeah, because we had made our decision to go back to Petoskey. Well, do you know what time I rebooked for? 7 30 
So I got home about 1030 crying baby this whole time, by the way, two year old, 18 months old. Oh yeah. Then, uh, <laughs> my child up 4:30. drive to the, leave for the airport shortly after five horrendous. That, there's not enough coffee in the world. Oh no. <laughs> Did I lose you? Can you hear me? I can hear you. You cut out. I think we got the gist of it. Uh, I think you had to wake up at four 30 and leave for the airport at five. And that's kind of about where you cut out, but I'm pretty sure that's what you were saying. After being at the I airport just, at like, 1030 the night before. My laptop. I'm so tired. But I am I still think I have just enough, just a smidgen of adrenaline left from the events of the weekend. And then I'm further buoyed by, of course, probably the biggest news of the day, which is the not probably, but Certainly the news of the day, which is the uh, Ryder Cup captain's picks. So, Yeah, this kind of sneaky worked out that we uh, that it was a, a holiday week and we got delayed yesterday because it's actually Wednesday, but it worked out where like an hour ago the Ryder Cup picks got, delayed, uh, got uh, released for the U.S. team. Yeah, we planned that. And, I, um, and, and 45 minutes ago I placed a bet on the Europeans. You idiot. No, I no no we you even <laughs> I'm not bet with my heart, I'm betting the value. It's plus two hundred. Oh jeez. Plus two hundred. I'm not betting anything but individual matches in the Ryder Cup. By the way, just before we go on, I hit tell me there's ever been a stranger sentence spoken that you've ever heard. I hit an outright on Kevin Na at the Tour Championship for him getting third place. Hmm. You did the, so it was like, well, you must have done gross scoring. Exactly well, like, right. Like, like every other uh, tour, yeah. tournament there is on the PGA Tour. Yeah. I finally ignored the course history and went with the hot hand and cashed an outright now they paid me half but this is DraftKings. but that was totally fair because uh he tied rom so if you bet rom you got half and you if you bet now you got half and rom missed so many putts i was watching that and i'm like there's no way this is gonna hit like eventually he's gonna start making birdies and he just couldn't quite make anything he, i thought he, maybe even that chip on the last hole was gonna go in but sure. it was a nice way to end the tour season because it had been a while since I had cashing out. Right. So I had that and then I bet I'm like plus three fifty to top 10 without starting strokes, which was obviously, you know, that was the bet of the week. Yeah, no, he looked, uh, Kevin looked awesome coming down the, on Sunday. I mean, it was, it was really cool. I mean, he was, he was battling for, for outright third place with who you'd consider a, a top five player in the last, 10, 15 years in Justin Thomas. I mean, to, he outright beat him coming down the stretch. I thought that was, I thought yeah. that was pretty impressive to see. And I had outrights on both those guys and I had a good week in DraftKings too. Cause I played Xander. I played JT in almost every lineup. If Sung Jay hadn't been flat and Rory shoot four over on Saturday, I probably would have had, you know, a really big week, but I feel like I'm getting right back on top of it. Uh, obviously, it's not the best timing in the world because we have a break and then we're going to Ryder Cup. But um, 
maybe we can figure something out for the BMW PGA Championship on the Euro Tour. Oh yeah, no, that that is uh, not a bad idea because that is is this is. I'm trying. This to th- is the last week for them before Patty Harrington makes their three captains picks. I don't know if that's what you're going to ask me, but yeah, I was. Well, I was going to ask you how many. Um, before we talk about the tour championship and um, here we are getting off track again. Uh, how many Ryder Cup picks does European? Yeah, how many uh, picks does Patty get? Three. He gets three. They have nine automatic qualifiers. How do we get that number to be lower? I. I don't know if I want to be like, I want like Colin and Colin and John Rahm to be the only guarantee throw, I guess throw Cantley in there just because he's playing so well. But like, I want it to be like one or two guys after that. No, come on now. You have to, no way. Why do you even say that? Cause I was, I was, uh, I was doing some research on some of the automatic qualifiers we have on the team and their records at the Ryder cup. And it made me want to throw up. <laughs> yeah, but if you look at the record of the captain's picks it's for the also, Americans, it's, also it's really bad. It's, it's like, man. <laughs> so <yeah>. the <laughs> issue is that they don't, we've gone over this. There's nothing, the system that's broken, as you pointed out in the notes for this episode, is the tour championship system. There's nothing wrong with it automatic qualifiers in the captain's picks. I hope we go back to eight and four or nine and three or whatever we had before six and six is weird. It's gimmicky. Um, of course you get the gimmicky setup and it's, he picks straight chalk, but, uh, you know, I think it's fine. You get, you have to give them something to play for these Americans and these euros are playing for Ryder cup points and positioning. If you don't have, you have two automatic qualifiers there. It's like a foregone conclusion. Yeah. I mean the, the U S has proven that they really care about this event time and time and time again, every two years. So I'm sure they're really playing, playing for those points. Well, thank you. Negative Nancy with your plus 200 on the Euro side coming in hot. Friggin'. They don't even tee off for twelve days, do they? I, I saw, I saw, I saw one team. I saw Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth, who have had consistent success in team events, who I can actually feel like I can lean on just a little bit. And Justin Thomas, just I'm trying, I have it. I want to say he was he was four and one. He's he's had a winning record with Jordan Spieth in team competition between Presidents Cup and Ryder Cup. But besides that. I don't know who else you. I don't know where you. Where are you going to find your pairings? Is where I'm just. I'm struggling to see that. I really am. It, it's. I oh, I think it's easy, and I think we have a we have an overwhelming advantage on the last day in the singles because we have so much more depth. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's where... average world ranking is so much higher now. Of course, same could be said for the Solheim Cup team. Mm-hmm. Um. The American side, their average World Cup rank was 22 to the Euros 41. You know, our average is going to be like 10, maybe less. I don't know. I it's, mean, it's we we are absolutely stacked. I happen to think that the biggest factor for the American side, because you heard me say a million times, I love this golf course for the Americans, is weather. Like we need the weather to hold up. If it's like 
and I'm seeing forecasts of really, really good high mid seventies into uh, late next week. But as I play meteorologist here, but I think if it's we could be in deep trouble. And if it rains, double it. We're, we're in deep trouble. Your plus 200 is a, like a gimme. I, I, I like, I like whistling. Straits but I, too. I, I love whistling it. straights, but why we, we asked this two weeks ago, I think, why, why are we playing at whistling straights in late September? Like it seems like, like we're almost, we are, we are almost in a way trying to gift the Europeans at least a few points right off before you even walk out of the golf course. Yeah, this the seaside effect, if you will, is not great. But the length of the golf course, the mm-hmm. size of the greens, this you know, it still sets up for us. It is a driver's golf course, and you hear Stricker. There's strategy in that that played out in his picks, like we talked about last week with guys like Berger and Scheffler getting through. And I'll ask you in a second who specifically you, which captain specs you specifically object to. But, um, you know, he said, well, I like Scotty because he played well in the match play. He's long off the tee and he's a birdie maker. So, like, he's Steve is thinking about all this correctly from a statistical analytic perspective, which is that suits the golf course and the format. And therefore, he makes sense for the team more than the alternatives. Uh, in the from a style of play standpoint, like um, Nah, and this is what happens when you don't sleep for like three days. Other guys that are Webb Simpson. Mm-hmm. Webb Simpson is the guy that I was thinking of. You know, like they don't play like Scotty. Now, in the case of Patrick Reed, which is the big story of the captain's picks, I think him being left off, he hits it plenty far and makes plenty of birdies and putts to be a match play killer and has a great match play record. So you can't say, oh, I picked Scotty over Reed because he was good in the match play. (laughs) You know, like that's absurd. But over Webb and Nah, sure, yeah. Makes sense, even though I think not. Nah, nah, I don't know what Nas match play record is, but I imagine he would be so freaking good at match play because he's a great putter. That is a really struggle with the putter at the tour championship in DraftKings. He finally started playing a little bit better. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, stop. Can we make enough putts? You cut out right, right after you said it was like 10 seconds, five seconds ago. Painful. It is. I can't even remember what I was saying. I was rambling. I was way off course. I was OB. <laughs> Just that the story for the American side, or the key for the American side is get on the grounds and get on the greens because we need to just make enough putts. That's the way that the Euros can beat us. But Well, uh, I mean, okay. So Finally, let me ask, who's missing from the team in your opinion? <sighs> I don't know. I don't, I don't really know if any. I don't really know if. I don't know if anybody's missing. I think the 
the toughest thing that I'm dealing with right now is is looking at these guys um, putting statistics, some of them that were chosen for captain's picks, i.e. Uh, Tony Finau, and then look, watching the Solheim Cup this past weekend and remembering how important those 10 to 15 footers are in match play. I watched the U.S. Yeah. miss so many 10 to 15 footers that either would have kept momentum, got momentum going. They couldn't build anything on Monday, the final round of singles, because they couldn't make a putt. So I don't, I don't really. You mentioned Kevin Nabi on to make everything. That's that might be the guy that that I think needed to be on the team, especially with what he showed at the Tour Championship. I mean, those are the 30 best guys on tour, and he was he was lapping them. So to put a guy that's I think Tony Finau is right now T ninetieth in putting, Sky Scheffler not far behind. I don't I don't think to put those guys in the team when I just watched the U.S. fail miserably from the ten to 15, 20 foot range to really get something going. It's so hard for me to see them leave guys that can actually make those putts off the team because that is that's that is match play. I mean that's what gets the team. Everyone sees it. Crowd gets behind you once those ten footers go in, fifteen footers. Is Tony Finau going to make those putts? I don't think so. I really don't. I mean, I, I just and it's nothing against Tony. I think I already gave Tony an auto bid a few weeks ago, but I'm willing to take it away. If if that's, I'm just, I'm just irritated. I think I'm irritated with with the. It, it does seem like we're doing. We did go straight chalk. You, you mentioned that it was like. <laughs> straight by the book the fact that we did leave i know patrick reed almost died a week ago that is the one guy on team usa who has proven that he can make the putts and can be the guy that gets the team going and then to leave him off the team makes me so sick to my stomach and it sounds like he might get in if brooks brooks wrist injury is continues to i mean the wrist injury is no good especially in golf with how much how hard he swings so We'll see, but I don't know, Peter. I really don't know. It's, it's just, I mean, it, I don't know how much of the Solheim, Solheim Cup you watched this weekend um, with, with all your festivities going on, but it was it was hard to watch because the Euros were making those putts. I did. I watched basically all of it, and before I forget to say it, I need to point out again that the networks need to figure out that that belongs on NBC all, you know, like all day and all afternoon. I think if you build it, they will come like ladies golf is awesome. People love golf. The tour championship is a gimmick. I understand that Rom and Cantley are the, were the two best players in the world that week. And so watching the two of them playing a group together for $15 million is exciting, but it's not as exciting as your country yeah. playing Europe in a team match. I mean, come on, this is ridiculous. It's like uh, comparing Shell's wonderful world of golf to the Olympics. Like, yeah. give me a break. Put the ladies on NBC all day, and then secondly. You don't put the Corn Fairy Tour Championship on, which is filled with drama and so exciting and like the most tug at your heartstrings kind of thing that you can watch that doesn't come from Hollywood. 
and you start that at 7 p.m. You can't find a home for that broadcast. What's the cock and for? What 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 is the cock? Over. What is the cock for? I want to know what they use that channel for. I figured that's where like all this golf content that, that they, they could just throw it on the cock. But is the, that what people call it? Oh yeah. For people, for the listeners at home, that's the that's the Peacock NBC's affiliate. No, it's not their affiliates. They're, they're, they're streaming, just, yeah, platform. streaming platform. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's garbage. I really don't like it. What did you what? Yes, the putting, the putting. The well, there's, there's that little five five minute rant. We got our five minutes in on the coverage. Back back to normal programming. I don't know, dude. I might have another outburst. It depends on how much more tired I get. I guess we can do five, we can do five total minutes. That probably wasn't five, so you can you got a couple more to work with. Um. The big story and the what's the develop still developing story, I think, for a couple of reasons. One of which you already mentioned is Reed being left off the team. The developing storylines being will he get onto the team? Because Brooks is super hurt and can't hit a ball. He looked so hurt at the tour championship. But even more than that is what is the reasoning behind not having him on the team and is that going to be public or private and if it's private i imagine it's health related but oh you think patrick so patrick reed bowing out of the Ryder cup just oh he didn't buy out he didn't bow out he did he not he did not take his possible. hat he didn't take his hat out of the name he didn't take his name out of the hat okay and then if stricker didn't pick him like I said, what are the reasons and are any of those reasons that members of the team discouraged that selection because of, well, yes, hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> okay. And who yes. are those people? Well, how many, how many guys on our team? 12 of them. I think probably, probably had 12 guys say something. <laughs> <laughs> Unanimous. I, I imagine. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine there was a but that's, there was a that's, rogue juror in that uh, on that team there. <laughs> for shame, for oh. shame, then for shame. I am an outspoken critic of Patrick Reed, but I love him on our Ryder Cup team. I'm not dumb. I'd love for him to be my partner. You can't spend four hours with the guy on his team while he carries you to a victory in the Ryder Cup. Do you know how important Ryder Cup? records are to american golf fans this is the most important event to us all, all in golf more even more so than the masters in the u.s open so like come on now that's if they said we don't want reed and therefore gave themselves a worse chance to succeed now granted maybe nah they can't be this is a ludicrous suggestion, but are do they think that the only way they can find the secret sauce and have the right approach and play their best golf is to not have him there, that even though he's winning, he's bringing them down? I'm, I'm shaking my head. No, I, I, I'd like to think that, that Steve Stricker has more sense than that. I really do. I, I, I can just, I can picture Patrick Reed and, and, um, Patrick Cantley playing very well together. And if Reed just pisses off Cantley just a little bit, Cantley will start playing better. 
so like either either way, I think it, so. There's oh, I think Reed. There's a place. There's more of a place for Reed on the team than there is for Bryson. I know Bryson auto qualified, but I do think that <laughs> with a mix of how much people do not like Bryson and his record in team play, that is so much worse than people can deal with Patrick if it means that they're going to get three to four points out of him consistently year in and year out. So I, I don't, I, I think it has to do more. I do think it has to do more with his sickness. Like I don't think he's feeling, I know we still have two, three weeks until the uh, Ryder cup, but he didn't sound like he was like feeling great after, uh, at the tour championship. I, I read an article by, um, What's uh, Shoop, uh, Shoopnik? Is that Alan Shoopnik? I'm pretty sure from the golf. I don't know how to. That guy's just kind of a dick. He is kind of a dick, but he wrote an article that um, there there is like a lot of swirling rumors that the kind of the whole way that that uh, that sickness went down with Patrick Reed has a lot of like red flags behind it, and people are questioning what exactly happened there. Like he was never. There's the article said he was at the hospital for however long a week or I think he was at the hospital for almost a week. He was never tested for COVID that whole time he was there. That can't be true. That's what the, that's what Patrick Reed said in an interview, and Alan was yeah, like, "Yeah, I know, but he doesn't." So, I guess even so, I guess that's what Alan's point kind of was that maybe maybe people are finally just so tired of like the antics with Patrick Reed that the team was like, and Steve was like, "Come on, I I'm." I don't know. I, I'm my hands are kind of tied. I do think it hurts our chances, hundred percent. But aren't we playing to win? Or are we going to go there and have a good time? Well, typically we do neither, and I, I, I suspect that will continue moving forward. I don't really know, Peter. I mean, this is it's a it's a it's a sick joke what we do. And the only thing that's making me a little nervous about the plus two hundred that we saw at the Solheim Cup is the European fans cannot travel nearly as much as what they've been able to in the years past. I do think they'll probably there's just more there's just probably more year like um people that will be at the Ryder Cup than there were at the Solheim Cup and I'm sure there'll be there'll be a decent amount of crowd for the Ryder Cup. But that is something I noticed at the Solheim Cup. But it, it was a majority American fans. I mean 90 95%, 90% just because of some of the restrictions in Europe right now with travel. Yeah, yeah, none of the Euro, all the Euro fans that were there were domestic. Yes, yeah. Residents or here previously or whatever the case. I think that's be. what you have to be a resident of the United States. And or... we still didn't win. Nope. We got bullied. No, Man. yeah, yeah. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't great. It was and you mentioned never close. Yeah, and you mentioned like, oh well, we'll we'll beat them in the singles. Yeah, we might beat them in the singles, but if we're down by ten points going into the singles, so I mean. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, I don't think we'll, I don't think we'll be that down in team play. I think we'll have some good teams and I think there have to be some grownups in the room now with some of these partnerships. And I do think there's a couple guys who make a ton of sense as partners for Bryson and I'll suggest two of them. And and we'll see how you respond to that. Okay. But one of them is Jordan Spieth. Okay. 
who has often played with Patrick Reed Mm -hmm. and been very successful. Obviously that will not be a pairing this year and is a phenomenal scrambler. Great at getting out of trouble. Bryson will miss some of these fairways, but Jordan's short game could make sense for the two of them in an alternate shot type of a format. Um, and they're two of the probably the two best putter, two of the best putters in the world up there with you know like Louis Ustazen. Um That's one, and the other one is DJ. Similar game types. DJ is a flatliner. He's a very steady figure. He could be a calming influence on Bryson, you know. And he's a grown up. He's an adult. He's been around. He's played plenty of Ryder Cup golf. You know, I expect him to play very well at Whistling Straits. It's a great course to uh, hit it left or right off the tee. So I, I think that, that those are two great possibilities for Bryson as partners. Uh, I, li- I like Jordan a lot more than Dustin. I think, I think I'm tired of seeing these long ball, these long ball teammates go out and, and get destroyed because they can't. It, it depends on the format, I guess. Um, well, everybody on the team hits it bombs it now. yeah so i think there used to be i think like a decade ago you i think there was a thought like let's put two long guys together and we'll intimidate the two guys across from them and we'll like we'll make them feel we'll make them feel small now everyone hits the ball so dang far like it doesn't really like i don't think length really is i think it plays a little bit of a factor but i don't think it is it is as demoralizing as what maybe was 10 years because everyone like I said everyone is just hitting it so dang far and and mm-hmm. these, these short guys know that they're short I mean they it's not like they're gonna go to the Ryder Cup and then realize oh shoot I'm getting out driven by x amount of yards they're 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 there for a reason they've they've played their way to that to that point so I don't really love the like I said I don't really love the two long ball hitters I do I don't mind Jordan and Bryson but I don't love I don't love splitting up the the one team that's has proven that they can that they can win together in in uh international plays so i i wouldn't i wouldn't hate to see um no i was just say i was just say i wouldn't hate to see bryson and can together i don't know if i i don't know if i, I mean that but uh, uh, no i don't mean that my internet sucks so th- the sad thing is peter those are the only two names that you could think of for Bryson to play with, and I only like one of them, and I only I think I only kind of like one of them. I didn't hear a damn word you said. You cut out because my internet sucks. <laughs> so what were you saying? It wasn't about Daniel Berger? <clears throat> no, I hadn't quite gotten to Berger, and I'm actually going to leave Berger alone. Uh, I looked at his putting stats this morning, and he's he's in the clear. I think um, he's a great putter. Usually, he's just, even though he has that weird stroke, but he ha- he did not putt well last week. No. Um, no, what I think what I was saying is I, I'm I'm struggling to to see you only could think of I don't know if those are the only two guys you could think of that paired well with Bryson and I really only liked one of them <clears throat> and I really don't like that one because I prefer him to play with Thomas so I, I don't really I'm I'm struggling to to see where where Bryson fits I'm struggling to see where Brooks fits if he plays I think I don't love Brooks and DJ I know they've played together in the past. Though it's almost like the, in a weird way, it's almost like the automatic qualifiers. I'm struggling to find spots for more than, at least with with the with the uh, captains' picks. Most of them have clean slates. 
It's like they don't, they don't, they can't think of anything bad because nothing's happened to him yet. Well, I don't think that those are the only guys that he can play with. I see lots of good parents. I see, a, I see a really powerful team. I mean, statistically. Well, yeah. 12, like 12, Scheffler, very, 12 very good players. Scheffler should be able to play with pretty much anybody. I don't see any reason why Bryson and Finau shouldn't play together. I think that's a possible pairing. Um, I don't, I don't, you really like that JT Jordan team, huh? It's just the only team that really you can, you could, I think the only What's team. What's their record? Um, so last, last year, God, I had to pull up this morning. So let me just, I don't think it's that good. Is it? Maybe I'm just misremembering. So in 2018, uh, Justin, 2018 Ryder cup, uh, Justin went, Justin Thomas went four and one and Jordan Spieth went three and two. Bryson DeChambeau went oh and three. Tony Finau went two and one. DJ went one and four. Brooks went one and two and one. Those are the only guys that are playing in this Ryder Cup as well. So that's really the, between that, I I believe that uh, those guys also experienced success in the 2019 President's Cup. It's really just more that. It's not, I don't think, I don't necessarily love them. I'm just thinking more here is by default. I think we have to, maybe one team we can fall back on, at least for the first day to kind of see where things go. If they play bad, I, don't, I wouldn't hate for splitting them up, but it's really just that one team. I don't know, and I don't, I could be sold on a different pairing. I don't necessarily think those are the two best players on the team, obviously. I mean, I, I would, I think anybody who Cantley plays with is going to win. I think Cantley is playing so well right now. That's what I'm worried about. The expectations for him at the Ryder Cup are going to be huge, and people don't like forget because he's just won the FedEx Cup. He's never played in one of these before. Yeah, I like. I, I don't like think about when you play team team golf. Don't you want to play with somebody who plays kind of like you? Like I like similar game types to play together. I know you said the thing about two bombers. I don't think it's as much about intimidation. It's just like familiarity, like particularly an alternate shot. Like, or, or am I? Does this person hit shots kind of like I hit shots? Or, you know, yeah. Um, think- are we going to be able to share a ball? So, like, I love the idea of JT playing with Colin. And it's the two best iron players in the world, maybe, that it could be on the same team together. I also like both of those guys with Harry, somewhat similar game types. I do think Scheffler can play with anybody. I think Xander can play with anybody. I don't mind DJ and Brooks together. I don't I don't mind that at all. I think Brooks and Berger will likely be paired together. Um just because of the Florida State connection and I don't know that they're both they seem to have somewhat similar uh personalities. Yeah, and they're like they're killers. I think Berger is a great pick. I think he's gonna have a great tournament great Ryder cup yeah no i i think um no i i guess like I, I have no problem with the the burger pit i just completely lost my train of thought i was about to say um you like my burger brooks pairing i don't that wasn't what i was gonna say but i don't the oh with team golf uh you mentioned like playing with similar style i think the only thing that i would that really matters to me with team golf is like the is the putting aspect if you have 
I need somebody with JT, for example, that can make that four footer on the backside of it. When JT undoubtedly rolls several birdie putts, three, four into like that testy range where Jordan is always. I see what you mean. So it's just, it's, that's where I really see the only, like where I'm, when I'm thinking of a partner for an alternate shot, do I have a guy that can clean up my messes from four feet away? When I when I blow birdie pot by, well, in that case, you can just play Bryson with anybody because he's by far the best putter on the team. He's going to shred whistling straights. Whoever gets to play with Bryson is going to be lucky to be sharing a ball and a team with him. I sure he's hope so. Going to be, you know, one of our best players. There's no reason to believe that he won't be. He's playing unbelievable golf right now. And that golf course that we just played for the tour championship is, you know, one of the worst fits for, for Bryson, probably uh, the worst fit for sure of the playoffs, which is not like, it doesn't feel like a Bryson course. No. And uh, this does, at least to me. So I'm excited to see him and this team. Should we, should we move on? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure we'll, I'm sure. Sure, we have, we have a few more episodes to really, really fine tune our thoughts on the Ryder Cup. You want to take us through what happened locally, or do you want to get into the Solheim Cup? And I want to talk a little Corn Ferry Tour. Yeah, let's talk a little bit of Sol- Solheim Cup. Well, we stink at that, just like the boys, the guys stink in the Ryder Cup. I mean. There was a, I mean, it, was, it looks like, to watch. like, I don't, it's not like I've seen like some of the ladies have to come out on Twitter and, you know, sort of point out that, you know, people are like, Twitter is for mean people. It's for bullying. It's for bullies. It's like home to bullies. You don't have to acknowledge that, but I am sad that they're dealing with that. It's for me, it's not like a personal thing. Like I don't fault any of the individuals. I have no, animosity or hard feelings towards them i have more empathy towards them i I mean i they probably feel crummy about losing at least i hope that they do um but that team just looked lifeless and flat and just like very few of them played to their not even to their potential but to their to their average to their mean like it just seemed like we were really struggling. I mean, I at one point in the singles matches on the last day, I saw a Euro can like a fifteen footer for bogey to have the hole, and it's just like, all right, you know, when that's going on, you you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna do too well. But it was it was frustrating, for sure. No, you you mentioned it. Um what the the rankings were for like the the average ranking for the US player versus the European player and it's uh, it couldn't be more similar to I think even more so for men the the differential between what their average ranking is on each team and proven time and time again that it, it uh it really it really doesn't really matter Mm-mm. um I, and I think it's it's a it's a testament to how I mean, you are you're pulling hairs when you're when you're talking about the top hundred players in the world. I mean, you really are. It's it's any any given day, especially when you're only hitting 
in, for example, alternate shot when you're only hitting every other shot and you really can't get into a rhythm. It's, it is so much about it, it. It brings everyone so close together where it truly doesn't matter if, if the, <clears throat> whoever John Rahm plays as the number one player in singles, it doesn't necessarily guarantee that John Rahm is going to win. And, and even more so whoever the lowest ranked European player is when they play their singles match, it's not a foregone conclusion that they're going to lose that singles match. And that's, it's, we're seeing it firsthand right now with these team events that continue to continue to go uh, against us. Yeah. And you mentioned it. It's like the, the underdog factors on their side, basically every time because of these world rankings, because of the attention that goes to the American side and, um, in some ways that's an advantage because team golf is kind of like a momentum thing and you feed off each other. And when your teammates are winning, you feel more responsibility to play better. And when your teammates are losing, you feel like, you know, you really have to kind of like force the issue and you might hit some uncharacteristic shots. They seem to come to the first tee on the first day with momentum already. And to me, it's their approach to the game and their underdog factor. Like let's go out there and prove people wrong. And you do feel a sense of momentum, if you will, when you do that. So it is imperative for the Ryder cup team to get off to a hot start because we, did we score a half a point in the first session at the Solheim cup? No, I mean, I, I don't know what the exact, we were, we were getting our doors blown up before we could even, before we even got off the bus. Well, like the event was over on the first, it was like, whoa. And then we got, granted, we got it back to nine, seven, which is totally within range. Should have played better on the last day, but it was like, oh my gosh, we're really up against it now. Cause they came out, you know, storming and we came out snoozing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's interesting to see. I don't know. I don't know. What is the, um, Excuse my ignorance, but what is the international, like the President's Cup sister event? Is there one? Mm-mm, I don't think so. So it's it's really interesting to see, like especially in the women's game. Uh, well, pretty much only in the women's game. How many of the top thirty players in the world aren't even from the United States? Or I want to say it's like nineteen of the top thirty players in the world aren't even from Europe or United States. So we're really not even getting the the best pedigree of golf with with not not having Asia in the mix. Um I know I somebody mentioned that on the broadcast on I think it was Sunday. And it was it was an interesting point that a lot of these I mean a lot of these ladies aren't even aren't playing on a full time on a tour. It's yeah. Yeah. I I would love to see to me, I was one of the thoughts that I was having while I was watching the golf was not only is this great and we need a little bit more of this, not so much that it's watered down, but the presence cup kind of always feels a little bit that way. But um the men and the women need to be playing together in a team event. And maybe that's the future of the president's cup, but We've been talking about this since we started this podcast, how much we love, you know, 
the idea of the men and the women playing together as a as a better way of showcasing the ladies skill um so i I have a solution i have a solution i was thinking about this it's actually very funny you brought this up i think they should be back-to-back weeks started i think the ladies should be the 20th whatever the weekend before the men it should be at the same venue they hit they hit a different landing area so we're not worried about the course conditions or anything i think one of the the one of the things that i noticed was bubba watson was at the solheim cup all three days and i i saw multiple reporters mention that their their biggest stories their most read stories their biggest page views were all on stories that involved bubba watson i think we need the pga tour players we need those guys to be there to be involved as as much as I mean I'm not asking them to like just to drop everything and and go be cheerleaders but there is a v- very obvious boost in ratings when when we have some of the absolutely nothing against women's game but just some of the more well-known players that that the uh the world knows and get them to be involved in the tournament somehow and and I think that's what what draw you you mentioned bring uh, build it and they'll come I think build it and ha- help those guys build it with you. And I think yeah, that's a, they will come. Yeah. I mean, that's a good, yeah, I like that. I like that. And that we should be doing more of that. And that feels obvious when you point that out. So that's a great suggestion. But if you think Bubba boosted the ratings by being out there cheering for people, imagine how much he would have boosted it if he was playing. Yeah. Yeah. And they were playing together. I would like to see I that. Mean, that it would be, be awesome. Cup. Would be awesome. So let's get that done. And as for the, other thing about the Solheim Cup, besides get it onto the networks, it's the best event of the weekend. Tour Championship is the third best event of that of that weekend. Um, Inverness looked so nice and a terrible fit for America, for our team, but a great. Looks like a. It's kind of has like a. I know it's like old country club kind of. Donald Rossi. I don't know if he designed it, but. It had like a Euro feel to it with all the undulation in the green and the depth of the greenside bunkers in particular. I but love how they cut down the approach areas too. I felt like they were just kind of like given, here you go, here's a gift for you. <laughs> they cut the approach areas to darn near like green length, just a little bit higher than that. So you could run it from pretty much anywhere in front of the greens. <laughs> oh, I didn't really notice that. I got Yeah, they looked like they had about 25 feet cut. Um, oh, that's right. That's pri- right. Prior to the green, that was probably like a, in between the length of what they had the fairways at, which were. Yeah, I was wondering what the And then the green, so you could, so they could favor playing, whether it be bumping runs or putting it. I thought that was the pattern of the mowing. Shows you what I know. That makes more sense that it's shorter grass. Yeah. And you did see a lot of bo- balls bounding up onto the greens, on uh, particularly on some of the par fives, like that one where they were all hitting it. Uh, pretty close on the. I think that was Monday. Um, uh, whatever one McGuire made the eagle on it. That's five. She made that yeah. eagle from. She played well. I think she was. She finished the week three zero and one or or four zero and one something. She, Dude, she was a she was a problem. I was looking forward to watching that match between her and Cupcho on Monday, and Cupcho just got <laughs> blown. Up. I was like. She's been our best player all week. <laughs> it goes to show. Yeah, she played terribly. She just didn't play well. Yeah. So, and then somebody pointed out to me, 
uh, I think it was my brother actually, you know, she played both sessions yesterday and then went off third, third earliest, which she thought was, didn't make a ton of sense. And I thought it was an interesting point. And she looked it, based on the, her play and the results of that match, she looked tired. So Cup that track. may have been a, yeah, that yeah. may have been a tough, that may have been a, a, a decision that deserves a little bit of not second guessing necessarily, but scrutiny. Yeah. And then the, there were some highlights though, too, not just the golf course, but the Lexi in uh, a Nordquist singles match that led off the day and went to the 18th hole in which both teams earned a half a point was a phenomenal match filled with lots of really high quality play. When I was watching, it seemed like Lexi played really good all week. She made a long putt. I think it was on Sunday to win uh, a team match. She's so good with her irons. A lot of her balls were landing too firmly because she's a little lower ball flight, but and bounding over the green. But that was an awesome match. At one point, uh, Anna hit an approach to like two two feet, and uh, Lexi was second to play into the green and hit it to like four feet. So they really uh, that was a great match. It was unfortunate that we did not win a full point there. Cause I think had we won a full point there, we were better than been, it would have come down to Danielle's match at the very end. So that was unfortunate, but Lexi did play really well. And Anna could have just as easily made what was a pretty, looked like a fairly straight birdie putt that she hit really nicely on the last hole that would have won her a full point, in which case we would have been beaten even worse. But I'm pretty sure Lexi lost that match on, I think that was 16. She missed a, uh, what looked like a five or six footer maybe to that would have, I think it, I think it would have tied the hole and kept her, kept her all square going into going into 16, I believe. I think that was when they both hit it close. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yes. So she missed hers and then she goes one down where she really, her putter lets her, I mean, her putter lets her down. It does. And, I feel like I'm a broken record right now, Peter, but darn near, it seems like you should be able to putt. You got to putt at the Ryder Cup, at the Solheim Cup. Yes. I just, yeah, uh, you have to be able to make putts for sure. And it's we did not do that. And I, in particular, we really struggled with the pace. I don't know if you noticed that specifically, but looked, we did not seem to have the pace. There's too many comebackers and too many putts left short. Mm-hmm. Really, I saw more putts hit too hard, but... I don't know that to me, when that happens, that's usually a sign of, or that can be a sign of nerves mm-hmm. and a little herky jerky getting a little, you know, not being able to focus quite as hard. Think about your speed. Um, but we did not have good pace for most of the, most of the weekend. And yeah, they made a ton of putts. Yeah. Helps. It definitely helps. All right, what's going on in the world of local golf? And then we'll, maybe we'll finish up with Corn Ferry. Yeah, we can finish up the Corn Ferry. Uh, so a few a few things that uh, happened in the world of Michigan golf this past week. We actually, I'm pretty sure we missed it last week, did we? September, so running last week, I believe is what it was. The 60- You don't have to say that we missed it. 
you can just say that we planned to we had a really full episode last week and we couldn't quite get to it so we always plan to talk about it this week that's, that's exactly what happened uh Super busy episode last week, so we we waited to talk about it. The 66th U.S. Senior Amateur took place uh, in our home state, the Country Club of Detroit. Ran, I want to say it was Tuesday, Tuesday through Thursday of, I wish I had these exact dates. That would help me immensely right now. That guy's a horse, though. He won, like... It's from Iowa, I think. Is that right? He is, and yes. So uh, the championship came down to a, uh, as as Peter mentioned, a absolute horse in Gene Elliott. Gene is from right. uh, West Des Moines, uh, Iowa. He's 59 years old, and he is the second ranked world, second ranked senior golfer in world amateur golf ranking. He is highly regarded as the the best player to never win a national championship so this is gene's first national championship and he's been playing i mean for years he is obviously his number two ranking he is uh this is his 36th usga championship that that gene has played in he took down uh a man from ovid michigan i'm not sure if you know where ovid is peter i do not we had a guy in the final we did yeah yes we did uh, Jerry Gunthorpe from Ovid, Michigan, lost to uh, Gene on one up on the 18th hole of the championship match. It sounded like, rather, uh, on the first playoff hole of the championship match, it sounded like Jerry actually had a putt to win it in regulation. Uh, Gene kind of stormed back a little bit towards the end. Jerry had an eight footer for par on the 18th hole of the championship match and uh, missed that and then lost in the. Lost in the first playoff hole. Gene, uh, rather, Jerry has not played much competitive golf. I think he's just starting to play now that he has uh, kind of come to this, the senior age. So I will, we will keep an, out, keep an eye out on Jerry, but <clears throat> it's awesome to see the, the U.S. Uh, U.S. senior am being held in the state of Michigan. Ovid, Michigan is just southwest of Saginaw near Owasso. Um. Have you ever played CCD? I have not. I get, I get them so dang confused all the time between the, the, but no, I don't think I have. No. DGC, I've walked for Detroit Golf Club for mm-hmm. the, uh, for the Rocket, the Rocket Mortgage Classic, mm-hmm. instant classic that is the Rocket Mortgage. And I've played CCD, I think twice pretty sure i played twice it is my favorite golf course in southern michigan uh nose ahead of the university course at um university of michigan it's so pure dude some of the best sand some of the most beautiful white sand bunkers that are deep incredibly beautifully manicured and very fast greens short and gettable yet also demanding narrow it's like just a super fun super pure strategic like it's an just a masterpiece of short country club golf in america and i've been 
blessed to be able to play there as many times as I have. How how far do they stretch it out to, or how far did you play that? I don't remember. Know. It's short. Sixty-five ish. No, it's longer than that, but it's well under. My best guess would be sixty-eight hundred. Okay. It looks like Donald Ross. I don't know if he did it, but I'm gonna look it up real quick. Yeah, and then while 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 you're looking it up, we also had the um, the Michigan Mid Am 39th Gam Mid Am Championship out at Boyne uh, last week. That was at the Moore Course and at the I believe it was the Heather. Let me confirm that real quick. Oh my gosh! Designed by Harry Colt originally. Oh my. Updated by Robert Trent Jones and Robert Trent Jr. Robert Trent Jones Jr. and then Tom Doak. Like the course is amazing, dude. It's, it's so good. It's like they got every single one of the best architects in the in the world that take their turn at it. Yeah, that sounds like uh that's a, a decent list. If I was to think of who to build a golf course, I would reach out to those people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that's cool that they uh, hosted that event. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I, I'm pretty sure it was a um, in a weird, weird, weird roundabout way. It, they were supposed to host it last year, and and COVID happened, and then um, it was supposed to be at uh, Tennessee. I want to say it was Tennessee Golf and Country Club or somewhere in Nashville, around Nashville, and uh, a hurricane wiped out them this summer. So they're they got pushed back to 2023, and it allowed allowed us to to host this year. So, did you watch the Corn Ferry Tour Finals replay that was on at seven p.m.? I, no, I I don't even remember. My this weekend was such a haze. You think I? I it's a damn good thing that we had Monday off. I'll tell you that much, because I. Not sure. I don't know. What, lost my phone this week. I didn't lose it. I like it broke, so I had to get a new phone, and that just took that. So no, I didn't watch much of the Corn Ferry Tour. Well, I will say, um, kudos to the tour and the network for the best broadcast of the weekend, like by far. Um, and it's easy easy to do when. You have so much drama and um, so much at stake for these guys and just such incredible stories coming to light, like the story of Justin Lauer and losing his dad and brother. But congrats to all those guys that got through. If you're if you're a big fan of golf and you don't watch Corn Ferry Tour Golf, you got to start. I know we're talking about Cantlay and Rom being the best players, but that the, the best golf isn't always the most entertaining golf. And definitely not. to watch those guys play for their lives, literally some of those guys who played in that event might hang it up if they didn't get through. It's incredible to me. I have such admiration for the players on that tour, whether they're successful in that, situation or not a three event playoff to um 
decide whether or not you're going to have a tour card after you had a two-year condensed season, you know, like just just a tough way to make a living, I guess is the best way to put it. So congrats to Joseph Bramlett, Trey Mullinax, funny enough, who we were talking about last week being such a good player, seems to have gotten through his injury past and do you think he has a uh, potentially very uh, bright future even immediately because there's some good fits for him this fall in terms of the golf courses that PJ tour will be playing. So, and Lauer and everybody else, it was, uh, it's a great broadcast though. It may not be a, uh, a great system and they handle it really well. And it's so great to see these guys be so honest and so emotional about you know, what they, how they really feel, which of course you would never know about really if these stories weren't being brought to light and these interviews conducted and it looks like they've maybe beefed up the staff a little bit on the corn fair. They're going to beef up the prize money next year. So all, all good direction. Hopefully we can get a few more events on, on TV and, and they can continue to bring these kind of stories to light about who these guys are and what they're playing for. And, and uh, why they do what they do so you, you kind of mentioned it but i mean golf is a talk about a what have you done for me lately what have you done for me lately sport i mean some of these i have a, a list of some names that are that lost their their card and they'll have some sort of conditional status on the corn ferry tour but nothing i mean just just i don't know how many events that necessarily means uh the the biggest one that's, that just like jumped off the page was rafa cabrero Bayo. He was just playing in the Masters two years ago in 2019, and was a very. I mean, he played in the Presidents Cup in uh, in 2019, so he, that's the name that jumped off. The, ben on same thing, that one kind of jumped off a little bit, uh, and then it kind of goes like uh, Van Pelt, uh, Ryan Armour, Danny Lee, uh, Opperheim, Hubbard, Bill Jagus. I mean, these are these are guys that. Some of them are maybe past their prime a little bit, but it is it is crazy to think that you could you could win in 2019, and I, I might get a little confused with this COVID season, but you could literally win two years ago and then and then play really bad, get in a slump, and then be off the tour for the rest of your life. Yeah, that two year exemption, those two years never really last as long as you as you feel that they will, and. <laughs> yeah. It's it, you're you're right. You have to keep up your level of play, and to be frank these kids are better and better at younger ages. So it's harder and harder to get through Q school. It's harder and harder to succeed on corn Ferry, just like it's harder and harder to succeed at the PGA level. So, I mean, there weren't that many Victor Hovland's and Colin Morikawa's and guys that were, are in their early twenties who are getting into the top, 20, 15, 10, five of the official world golf rankings in their first year or two, year or two on tour. You know, that is really, that's because of Tiger Woods. That's because of all the money that's been poured into golf. That's because of how many people are playing golf. And it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's like I said, when you're really riding high and you're one of the best 30, 40 players in the world, 
you feel like a celebrity when you're almost anybody else. And certainly when you're going up and down between tours, like some of the local guys that we follow, like Joey and Brian Bram, you know, it's not necessarily as rewarded, rewarding as maybe we would think it would be just as fans of golf. Yeah. I, I would love to, I'd love to know what the, the world got the ages of the world golf top 20 rankings in let's just say like 2005 2000 and see what their their median age was compared to to what it is now be interesting to see yeah maybe we can save that for we'll look some of that up for some of our yeah future episodes since we're going to be Ryder cup and otherwise kind of dry here for a little bit yeah and i guess you might, might as well mention congratulations to patrick cantley on winning the the tour championship in the net event. Did you, Did you see that stat that he got three? It's kind of a gimmicky stat I saw on Twitter. I can't remember who tweeted it out. I'm sorry, but it was like in the three events that Patrick won, he aggregate score, he was actually outscored by John Rahm. So of course, one of those is Memorial. Yeah. Another one was which Rahm had to, you know, he tested positive for COVID on whatever that whole issue one was tour championship um where rom beat cantley by three and then he must have been close right on his tail at the uh zozo too but i really hope they give out the player of the year yet no but it's gonna be it'll be if it's not john rom i know it's it's voted on by the peers and if if i'll lose all faith in all the peers if patrick cantley wins it is voted by the peers it's good it's gonna go to Ram though yeah no i don't i I saw I saw well way, way too many people on Twitter saying that Patrick Cantley should win it, and I just I, it made I, I go what do you what do you mean what do you mean <laughs> wait, wait, you guys are you guys the recency bias the recency bias that that people online anybody falls for it's terrible I mean John Rom how quickly people forget I mean I, there was a time late summer midsummer where i was thinking like he might never lose again he had that look in his eye like he was gonna i think if he would have that i'm not saying that like wishful thinking hindsight 20 i think if he went doesn't withdraw from the memorial and he wins that we could just see we could be seeing a whole different john rom right now i think we're kind of starting to see we're already seeing his darn near his best but can you imagine if he had that win under his belt i'm sure he probably thinks he does like in his mind but I don't know. I wonder what the futures odds are if you can get numbers on plus or minus one or two majors for John Rahm in 2022. I mean, he's going to be, unless something weird happens, he's probably going to be the favorite at Augusta. I mean, I really like him to win at Augusta. It's hard not to like him. He hasn't shot in, he hasn't shot over par in <laughs> like six he months. Even, he, frankly... The only reason he didn't shoot, what did he shoot? He shot over the weekend, 65, 65, 68, 68. Is that right? At the tour championship. Yeah, and he can't putt. <laughs> the only reason, yeah, he was cold with his putter. And he's a good putter. He just couldn't make anything. So he couldn't make any. The only reason he shot 68, he didn't shoot 65, 65, 65, 65, was that he left strokes out there those last two days. Like, he is playing. I'm glad he'll get the player of the year because – he feels like he deserves more for the year that he had. Yeah. 
and I know that U.S. Open victory at the uh, at Tory was super important to him, but Memorial certainly would have helped. And then the 15 mil and the Torch Championship wouldn't have been too bad either. No, it was pretty impressive. You see, Patrick Cantley made. I want to say it was like 23, 22.5-ish million dollars and just close to a million dollars an event, which means he only played in 23, uh, 23 events this year compared to, what was, what? how many events did Sung Jae play in? 46. <laughs> did you see he set the record for the most birdies in a single season on the PGA Tour? Yeah, call him Cal Ripken. I mean, that, that record's never getting broken. People, Man, people are too dang lazy these days to play that much golf. He killed a couple of my DraftKings lineups. He couldn't get anything going really. And it's funny to think like he actually. I felt like he played. He played below his potential yeah, this year, he and he still <laughs> made the tour championship, set yeah. the record for birdies. He he did not play. Yeah, he didn't play great. When does he start? His, do you know when he starts his military service? Is that this year? Like next year? Hopefully, never. Why he doesn't he great. just? just not go back (laughs) (laughs) what are they gonna they gonna come drag him they're gonna come drag him out of the states well i don't know does he have co-citizenship or whatever that's called are we going down this rabbit hole right now no we don't have to i was just wondering i I don't know i figured it had to be coming up here i don't know i just don't well he's much younger than siwoo right and siwoo hasn't done it i think you can keep deferring it Oh, that's that's probably true. I mean, I'm sure you have to be like maybe under thirty five ish. I think military age. How old age. Do you think? I was I was gonna say uh, shooting right from the hip. I was gonna say twenty eight. That sounds right. Sung J M was born in nineteen twenty six. Only good lord, he's younger than me. Gosh, nineteen ninety eight. Are you kidding me? No, he was born ninety five. What are you looking at? I'm talking about Sung Jay, dude. Oh, <laughs> he's only 23. Wow, he's gonna be so good. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. He's not gonna win a lot, but he'll just like hang around. Yeah, he's he's one that like you don't really have to worry about. Like, if you worry about like the two year exemption, I don't think he probably could never win another golf tournament again in his life, and he just plays enough where he will continue to rack up enough points. More. <laughs> Total career victories in your mind. Trivia to close it out. Oh boy. Kevin Na or Sung J M. Wait, who has the most like who's gonna finish with the most or who has the exactly. most? Exactly. Who will who will have the most PGA tour victories when it's all said and done between the two of them? Oh, Kevin Na by a country mile. Doesn't Kevin <laughs> Na doesn't Kevin Na have like like a like the most overwhelming amount of career earnings and victories like you would never think Kevin Na but he's just been around for so long he just has he has five, he has five victories compared to Siwoo's one or does he have two now one or zero I thought that he um won at the Honda is that correct oh did he win how did I because you always because you always talk about like oh he well he plays well he played well at the Honda so he's gonna play well here he does play well at the Honda that's a great course for him PJ Tour, he has one victory. His victory was uh, oh. Honda Classic. Honda Classic. All right. Well, I think we've wasted enough of everybody's time, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. I think this was. I think this was better than last episode. I think we did. I like this 
format better than we didn't even finish talking about like you literally you cut me off like halfway through the mid-am <laughs> to finish your talk about tom doak <laughs> oh yeah so Wait, I, was like, I was like halfway through that <laughs> and i just just i want to know about them i want to know about the mid-am didn't charlie green play in that uh charlie green did play in that so uh September 1st and 2nd, there was the 39th GAM Mid-Am Championship at uh, Boyne, and they played the the Moore and the Heather. Uh, we mentioned Charlie, put high school golf with Charlie, lived up here in the area for a while. He shot 75 on the first day and then struggled a little bit on the second day with an 83, total 158. Uh, Nathan Clark from DeWitt won in a two-hole playoff. He shot 69-70 for a total of four under, 139. John Quigley tied Nate with uh, minus four, 71-68, 139 to finish runner-up. Outside of that, really no no names, big names. Uh, Heather both days or Heather Moore? Heather and then the Moore is how it is listed. And then uh, finally... People don't realize it, but the more can, you can shoot a high number on the more. Oh, I'm living proof of that. <laughs> um, there's OB, like you, there's trees. No, I, I, I think the I think the more is harder than the Heather. I will take that to my grave. I don't know if I I think I mean that. I do. Hunter, Hunter, come on now. I've I've always just played better at the Heather. I think I don't know why. Um, and I've played always not played great at the more. Um, and then finally. Last, give me one second here. I don't think I've ever made par on ten at the more. No, God, I don't know. Sure, I have no sure idea what to hit off that tee box. Zero clue. Um, I I think there's more room right than we than we think about, and I always forget about that. There's more right water the over there. If you hit it, you can hit it past that water, can't you? If you hit a long enough club. So I think that's why I just said driver. So I had all of this. This is just going to frustrate Hit me. So many drivers into that giant pine tree up the left. Just hope it bounces not left into the marsh woods. Crap. It is absolutely insane that I was just looking at this dang article. Now I type in the same thing I was typing in prior and just n- nothing. Oh, give me one sec. Sorry. By the way, if anyone's curious, because I was, so I pulled this up while Hunter continues to waste your time. I'll waste some too. After whistling Ryder Cup venues, Hunter has such a problem with whistling straights as a uh, host course for the Americans. We're going to Marco Simone Golf and Country Club in Rome in 2022 next year, which sounds like it has to be fun. And then I think we have some good venues that is that suit us 2024 beth page black 2028 hazel team 2032 the olympic club i'll admit to knowing nothing about that if it's anything like harding park it's probably a better fit for the euros then 2036 congressional 2036 goodness gracious but congressional should be another that's a bombers course it's a Rory and Tiger course. 2036, Rory probably won't be on the team anymore, so that's that'll be good for us. Well, we're, we're talking about 2036, huh? Sure well, I just, like- I'm just telling you, those are the – why do we need to name Ryder Cup sites 20, 15, 20 years ahead anyway? No the Euros don't do it. 
No idea. Um, they do everything, everything Ryder Cup, the Euros do better than us. It's true. Picking the sites, not announcing the site. It's a sham. But it's having more automatic shame. qualifiers, chips fix, having the right attitude, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So let's let's do this with the new generation here. Let's fix. Oh, yeah. First time without Tiger and Phil in a long time, right? Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah. Um, 20 since, years? Yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty funny. Phil's Phil has had 15. one. I'll mention something about Phil Mickelson real quick. Uh, he had one top 10 finish this year. But it was a PJ Championship, I guess. <laughs> so pretty. Yeah, it was a big one. Uh, so the final thing we're going to mention for the local side, there was the two-day island resort intercollegiate up in Harris, Michigan. I don't know. We talked about it last week, if you guys remember. Uh, Michigan State, Northern, and Michigan were all playing in it. Michigan State absolutely walloped the field. They won by... The next closest competitor, Central Florida, was 23 shots behind them. Uh, what? 23 shots over only a 54-hole event, Peter. So, uh, just not too bad. So, James must James Pyatt, reigning USAM World Champ, must have played well? He played, yes, he did play well. Uh, he was co-medalist, and the only reason they did not well, that's good. do a playoff was because his teammate... Troy Taylor the second was also co-medalist with a score of 209. Uh, MSU had three players in the top 10, so not too bad there. Bradley Smithson, who we've mentioned, the Michigan Open champion, uh, finished in seventh place. And in third, Dude, they have, they have a really good team then this year, huh? Uh, yeah, yeah, it sure seems like it. I don't know. Um, That's three good players. Yeah. So, I mean, it sure seems like I, I have not heard. I'm going to have to do a little bit of research and I will report back on what I find with uh, Troy Taylor the second. But that is the first I'm I'm really hearing of, are they, of that name. Are they ranked? Mm, I don't. I don't. I'm looking it up. You want to just make this podcast like an eight hour deal? <sighs> not really. I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to play golf today. It's not raining. <laughs> We're dying. We're, we're Stanford, Duke, Oklahoma State, South Carolina, LSU. Not ranked. Well, they should be. Obviously, they just won a tournament. Yeah, I mean, not exactly like the. We're not exactly going to call this the stiffest of competitions, but a, a win is a win. And we're oh, st- starting off. That was here. that was all wrong. That was all wrong. That was that was women. Hang on. Hang on. Yeah, this makes more sense. Illinois is sixth. They're always good. Still not ranked. You know, they just don't, you know, you get slept on up here in the, when you're playing golf tournaments in Harris, Michigan, you get slept on a little bit. That's going to happen. Well, they need to fix that. Oh, this is old. I fully suspect you're just going to cut this whole ranking part of it. <laughs> at this point, you might as well just leave it. What, where are they ranked? You got, you got a number for me. The worst part about college golf is you can go to like six different sites that all claim to be like the official rankings, and they're all different. Every one of them. There's, there's the, there's like the press rankings, the coaches rankings, players rankings, school rankings. It's a mess. What this is, uh, doesn't this, no, I guess regionals determine who goes to the finals. On the NCAA official website, 
men's golf rankings coaches poll preseason still not on there was that poll Illinois. was that poll released prior to Illinois. that prior to and, MSU realizing yeah it must pre that they yeah, had a yeah, USAM champion that. Well, we'll keep following it because it should be in the damn top 25. It just won a tournament. Yep, they should be. Darn right. All, All right. right. Well, I don't know what I would say. Good luck to coming up, but I guess we get to watch football this week. Good luck. Yeah, good luck to the freaking Detroit Lions. Who are they playing? I wish the 49ers. I wish there was a golf tournament on Sunday, so I didn't have. To, oh, I don't. Have, I live in Chicago. I always forget. I can't watch the Lions. I get to watch the Bears. That's not the worst thing in the world, is it? No, it's actually kind of entertaining. I would say I, I do really hate the Bears. So I'd rather watch the Bears. It's pretty hilarious the watching them struggle and their fans just lose their minds. All right, Hunter. That was fun. Thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can also get this podcast online anytime, all 24 episodes at theticketnorthernmichigan.com. And don't forget, we are presented by Reed Furniture in downtown Petoskey. Whatever your furniture need, it's Reed indeed. Talk to you next week.